everybody thanks for listening this is the nerd out loud podcast where we talk about the things that you nerd about out about and we nerd out about and everybody nerds out about my name is jeremy and i'm christy and this is christy christy is as we learned last week from geo christy is the host of the show and i am apparently just the producer who happened to steal a microphone so yes <laughs> so here like we that. are um and we are joined tonight by a very special guest Vivian Sapphire, who is on, hey. on the oh, on the line. No, you're <laughs> that's perfect. Talk? You're good. Girl. <laughs> you're good. Vivian, um, you are. How, how did I? Meet, I met you on Twitter, right? I think I met you. Yeah, random Twitter nonsense. We'll get into all the sorted details, <laughs> but as you showed me today, it's been at least two years since we've known each other. It's been a while. It's been quite the journey for both of us over those last two years. Probably more (laughs) so, probably more so you than me, um, as as we will get into. But um, so yeah, we have Vivian here on the phone, and um, we have all sorts of fun and exciting things to talk about tonight. So, Vivian, let's uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, Hey, <laughs> hey! you're not going to take me out to dinner first? Get me a drink? What is, what is this? Well, uh-huh. uh, from the looks of Twitter, you've already been drinking a little bit. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I had to start a little early because, first of all, if you don't know, I don't like podcasts. I don't like any of them. I, I don't like yours. Um, well, you know, you're, Christy's cute. She's the only redeeming factor of the whole situation. You're not the first one okay. to say that. <laughs> they, right, because that's the T. And in drag queen talk, that means the truth. So, uh, But here's the thing. Podcasts are boring. Um, nobody wants to tune in and listen to some strangers blather on for hours about shit no one cares about. So... I don't forget where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> that's just a, that's just the way it is. What were we talking about, Jeremy? We were talking about why podcasts are so fantastic, Vivian. <laughs> so, well, let's 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 start from the beginning here. So, you already mentioned um, something about drag queen talk. So, you you are you are a drag queen, right? I do drag as a hobby, mm-hmm. and yeah, I consider it a hobby, a- and. Compared to like professional drag queens, people who do this for a living and make money at it, I'm nowhere near. I mean, those people have dedicated their lives. They it's comp- it's competitive in any local market. Queens be duking it out to get on shows and all that. And I'm not into that scene as much. Um, but I'm a drag enthusiast. I like the performance art of it. And then I started doing it myself, and I've had fun along the way. And um, let's let's say this. So when I when I first started, I think I started talking to you. Well, like something popped up on that Time Hop app today. I think I started talking to you around at least two years ago, maybe more. And when I first started talking to you, you weren't uh, you weren't a drag enthusiast at the time, or you weren't actively doing it like you are now, right? I was not doing drag as a hobby. I was a drag enthusiast, probably. Yes. Um, 
because some things started changing around 2011 is when all my transitioning from one thing to the other <laughs> began. But but I've only start I only have been doing drag as a hobby for like the last year or so. Okay, so and you, as we've covered, since you hate podcasts and you hate our podcast, you uh, have you listened to any of our shows? Very little. I can I can take very little of it. And then I saw something about not only have you done a show about poop, but you decided, I guess, to do two shows about poop. <laughs> we did. Now, what what kind of nonsense? Why would you? I don't even understand that, and I can't. I can't listen to an hour and twenty minutes of shit. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't blame you for that. It made me. It made me uncomfortable. Believe it or not. That Christy was the driving force behind that one. <laughs> Only because everyone is always embarrassed about their poop story, but everyone in the world oh. has one. Christy, I, I <laughs> thought you were. I thought you were the redeeming factor. I was going to go with that. <laughs> now you're up here trying to tell me that everybody's poop story is important. Oh no, I didn't say important. <laughs> I just said they all have one. <laughs> that so. is stupidest thing i have ever heard <laughs> so 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 vivian i was asking about the show because we have the, the name of the show is nerd out loud obviously podcasts can be kind of a nerdy thing a lot of the time people hear the word nerd and they think you know dungeons and dragons star wars sci-fi stuff like that one of the things that we love to do on the show and what what we kind of set out to do from the beginning is just to talk to people about what they're passionate about um passionate out loud or passion out loud or that's that just seems like a sex toy yeah yeah that's a oh completely (laughs) separate thing that you know (laughs) we'll we'll see about that but uh that's a different business venture and a different (laughs) podcast i guess but um one of the reasons that i wanted to have you on is because so i kind of nerd out or you know i have this real interest obviously coming out of the background that i've come in uh you know ex-pastor grew up very traditional evangelical christian i know that you kind of at least had a somewhat similar background and i want to say that that that's probably how we met on twitter i'm guessing is probably some kind of stuff christian culture likes or some kind of blog or something i'm, I'm guessing Yes, it probably did. Um, I do have a very extensive background with my own conservative, evangelical, charismatic, flavored um, faith background. And when I started to really get on Twitter was when I was transitioning out of those beliefs, and that was a rough transition. And so Twitter became kind of my outlet. And I would rant and rave, which I still do. <laughs> um, but you probably caught something off a hashtag or some some other nonsense where I was going on about about all that because uh, that was uh, it, yeah, it's a, it remains a sore subject to some degree. You do seem to uh, you do seem to pick up quite a few interesting people with your use of hashtags. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Recently, you got into it with some other podcasts, actually, right? Oh God, I don't. You know, first of all, I don't like this podcast very much. But the only thing worse <laughs> is you you get these evangelical Christians who think everybody wants to hear them talk for two hours, and I I don't want to hear them talk ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so I don't know where they came. They came out of the woodwork and started following me, and then all of that nonsense transpired from there. 
yeah that uh that that's interesting they just had an interview right with a with a gay christian did you make it through that episode i didn't even i didn't even care to listen yeah i think they mentioned you a little bit on there but that's the Uh, what's that they're like the bad the bad christian podcast or something like that bad christian bad christian they they reminded me of like if my mom if my mom and dad made a podcast that they were trying to market to teenagers and then called it the podcast that your parents don't the christian podcast that your parents don't want you to know about (laughs) (laughs) well and what is this now where these people are trying to be edgy and cool and all that and their their shtick is we're not like the other christians we are cool we cuss we're bad it's all the same nonsense it's the same old, same old as far as I'm concerned, no matter how you paint it. Yeah, and I think so. the, the unfortunate part with it is that they they don't, they kind of try and come off as progressives, but really they're just sort of, it's the same under, the same foundational doctrine that's just Thanks. as hate-filled as, you know, what whatever other conservative doctrine. They just put tattoos on it and wear skinny jeans and, try and market it as something different, which is pretty, pretty gross. So anyway, so why don't tell them, tell me a little bit about your, your background, you know, growing up faith wise and all that. Where are you from? I am in and around the Denver area. Pretty much have, I've grown up here my whole life. Hmm. Weed country. Cause you kind of have a, a little bit of an accent. Well, that's when I get into my, I switch in and out of all kinds of odd accents. That's okay. just me being goofy, expressive. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Vivian's a Southern belle. She's something. She goes <laughs> New York every once in a while. She's like, what do I got to do around here to get a cup of coffee? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. It comes out of freaking nowhere. <laughs> I love it. So you, so you're, you're in and around the... Colorado area. Yes. Um, and you, um, t- what, tell me a little bit about your, your spiritual upbringing. Okay. Well, my spiritual upbringing, um, really wasn't all that. My, my parents weren't really into church all that much. Uh, I just happened to be placed in a like Christian daycare center at a very young age and it transitioned into grade school and da 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 da. And I actually took a self-interest in um, all the, the Bible stories and everything that was being taught through the Christian school. And from a very, very young age, took on a belief and a faith of my own that was even very separate than what was uh, in my house. Um, and as I got older, like the teenage years, I spent um, more and more time investing in youth groups and Bible camps and all that. And of course, at the same time, I was becoming more and more aware of the fact that I liked boys and not so much girls. And in every young gay Christian person's experience, this becomes a great conflict because most of us are painfully aware of the church's history and teaching and beliefs around uh, homosexuality. So immediately I thought, well, that's sinful. That is not who God wants me to be. And 
when I officially gave my life to the Lord, air quote, air quote. Uh, I started telling people, I was 13 years old, and I started telling people, I gave my life to Jesus, and I've been set free from this, and I'm, I used to be gay, and da-da-da-da-da. And from that, from that age on, I was very open with my Christian peers and told that as my story. Um, and, of course, struggled very, very intensely with all my attractions and other issues which also uh, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, all that, um, just just by the nature of the beast of struggling with something that you knew was not acceptable in the church circles that I ran in. So uh, by the time I was 19, I decided I really needed help with this issue. A lot of the churches, I mean, I had friends, but no one like knew what to do with this kid who is a Christian, but struggling with, you know, homosexuality. And so I started to seek out ministries that were specifically geared towards that and found um, a local Exodus ministry. And I don't know how familiar you guys are with Exodus or your listeners are with Exodus, but I could, that's a whole other ball game right there. Um, Yeah. I mean, they, they just recently shut down, right? They did. Exodus closed their doors. Um, basically, in a real nutshell, they were a, a national ministry that was a kind of a, an umbrella for little local ministries. So the local ones were all independent ministries. They just had this association with Exodus, who was a national organization. So I found a local group here, and um, I spent a good 10 years um, involved in, in those ministries. And not all of that was bad. I know a lot of people who have horror stories about the ministries that they were involved in, because again, all these ministries were local and they were independent. So my experience with the ministry here is very, very different than what someone else might have experienced, like at Love and Action or at uh, God, the other, there's other ones all over the place. So so anyways, for me, it was not all bad. For me, I found a community of people who had similar issues, had similar faith, um, and this particular group was known in Exodus and kind of looked down on for it, for being um, very gracious, very open, very accepting of people where they were at, and didn't force a lot of the like rigid gender roles on people, didn't force the, you need to hurry up and get heterosexually married, like, our group was a lot more laid back, more of a support group type thing. Um, and it was a good place for me in a, in a lot of ways. But it did still very clearly indicate that homosexuality was not God's plan for anybody. And it was our job as good Christians to fight that battle and become whole in our sexuality, whether that meant getting married or remaining celibate and single and all that. So... Okay, so that's that part of it. Have I bored you yet? No, no, no. not at all. That if you heard a, a funny noise, that's Christy's dog is uh, has his head right by the Christy. computer. Or Christy's <laughs> taking strikes. a poop, a poop for poop poop cast number three. It's two. <laughs> We're up to two strikes. Oh no, <laughs> you, you have quite the hole to dig yourself out of here. No, so the, the while you were a part of this ministry, the the focus was very much to uh, that the the homosexual lifestyle was a sin and it was something that you wanted to. 
uh, 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 Jeremy, Jeremy, don't don't ever say the lifestyle. Now, I don't know why you just said that. Did you say that because that's what you say, or did you say that because you're presupposing that that's what this group would have said? It's a tr- it's it's a trigger. It's it's just something that's been probably a. Uh, uh, burned into my brain from a bunch but of also what the group says right that it's a choice of lifestyle that you make it's not that cut and dry now most of these ministries did not really say that you choose it it was more like you didn't necessarily choose it but you can choose to walk away from it i see okay so you know a lot of these ministries, I have to say, and I do not defend these ministries really at all, but um, the media does take, you know, the worst example in the country of this type of a group and kind of makes it the, uh, you know, this is what they're all about. Like shock and treatments to, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, there was none of that nonsense in this group, and none, no one that I know personally who was connected with an exodus group went through anything as far as shock therapy or nothing like it. However, I do know someone who went through other therapies, whether they were associated with exodus or not, I don't know, that were very abusive physically. Yes. That was not my experience. And I guess from what I understand, my experience was actually was rather rare, just in how kind and gracious these people were. Um, but yes, they did teach that, you know, it's a, it's a brokenness, it's a sinfulness, it's not God's best, and, and it's our, our plight in life as people who have uh, this attraction to other people of the same sex to, to fight it, fight the temptation, um, and become who you are meant to be. What happened? Okay. Are we still on here? Hello. Yes. Yeah. No, we're still on. I'm I'm listening. So okay. and just for 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 my own sake and for the sake of those that are listening, can you can you let me know why you corrected me when I use the word lifestyle? Yeah, that's one of those uh, common things that a lot of us gay people hear, especially from the religious minded, because they do think of it as um, something that's kind of like, you know, just something we picked up one day, like. You know, you guys might have a very active lifestyle. Jeremy, you like to walk, so you do the, the walking. You're a very active lifestyle. You just decided one day that you want to do all this exercising. So when you say to someone, um, you know, oh, they're in the gay lifestyle, it's, it's as if that's just, you know, some option we woke up and said, you know, today. And then it's like, what, that, what the hell is the gay lifestyle? You know, <laughs> right, right. I, eat, I, I eat three meals a day. I take a nap. If I'm lucky, I get to shower every now and again. Now, is that the gay lifestyle, or what is that? Uh, I go to work. I pay some bills. So what exactly is the gay lifestyle? Now, Christians, like, I think what they mean is, one, you're having sex with someone of the same gender. They probably go ahead and think about all the drugs and all the partying and all the promiscuity is all wrapped up in that. I'm sure being a drag queen they would go ahead and throw that in there as the gay lifestyle. But none of that has to do with anybody's real sexuality. Those are, those are individual uh, behaviors that straight people engage in or don't just as often as gay people do. So there is no gay lifestyle, and that's why it becomes, becomes a very detached, dehumanizing way to describe a gay person's life experience to just say, oh yeah, they're, you know, they're in the gay lifestyle. 
that doesn't really speak to my experience as a gay person. Got it. Why? Well, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. sense. I apologize. This is yeah. Stop being you know, a dick. <laughs> you know, I have I have uh, probably you know thirty one years of programming in a certain in in a certain culture probably that there's language that's ingrained in me that I don't even realize can be offensive. So I always appreciate it when people are willing to point that stuff out. Yes, and it's all good. You know, it's a learning. I've, I've got thirty one years myself of ingrained. Um, internalized homophobia, internalized shame, internalized anxiety. And um, I'm responsible for a lot of it because, and this is what I try to, you know, I critique and criticize and rant and rave about the Christian beliefs, but um, nobody forced them on me necessarily. Um, I think we have a societal issue. So, so yes, it's out there and it's predominant and it seeps into your, your psyche as a, as a developing gay person. But I also actively pursued my churches and my youth groups. I believed these things. I was all about the Exodus ministries and how, the, how they taught and understood the issue, and that's what I believed for myself, too, for a very, very long time. So, so I do take some responsibility for my own beliefs in that as well. So I'm learning myself, and I've had to shed a lot of my own beliefs, a lot of things that were ingrained in me. So it's been a process yeah. for me as well. So, so you, you were a part of the Exodus ministry for, for a while and then, and then what happened? Okay. So, so one of the things that really irked me in life as a, as an evangelical ex-gay was this particular group of people out there who claim to be both gay and Christian. And these people really bothered me because <laughs> here I was, a, a believer in God and fighting and doing the things that I needed to do to fight the good fight. And these people over here we're saying, well, we believe in God and we're gay and we believe we were, we were made gay. We believe that gay is, is a good and part of God's plan for my life. And of course it was very easy for me to go, I don't know what the heck these people are, are doing, but they really bothered me. And I had, I had uh, almost no room for that in my, in my paradise. And, you know, I wasn't even so judgmental towards just, just gay people in general, but gay Christians especially really irked me. And um, as I started to think about that more and more and more, I actually became kind of, I would have used the term back in the day, convicted um, of my own judgment towards gay Christians, and it started to bother me. And, and, and especially when I knew the things that I was struggling with, um, I had a lot of my own struggles, you know, uh, with things and and pretty soon it became pretty clear for me to think okay these people are claiming to have faith who am I to say that they don't and for all we know they may be struggling less with things than I'm struggling with so how can I truly judge them when you know I have my own issues so I started to seek out groups of gay Christians and I came into contact with and I would love to plug the Gay Christian Network, um, GCN. They're a fantastic organization. They are doing 
so many good things. Justin Lee is the executive director. He just wrote a book in the last year called Torn. And he talks all about these issues of faith and homosexuality. And the great thing about GCN is they're able to incorporate um, different beliefs. So they, they have a side A and a side B um, perspective that they incorporate. And what they mean by that is side A are people who think that there is nothing inherently wrong with with um, gay relationships or sexual activity between monogamous um, gay partners. But they also welcome and include side B perspective people who are people who identify as gay, don't necessarily believe that they can change or need to change, but don't believe that the Bible supports gay relationships. And so therefore, side B people um, often choose to remain celibate. Um, and that's according hmm. to their own belief. And GCN incorporates both of these perspectives. And so um, they hold conferences every year. They have an online community where people can interact through chat boards and get to know people, find support that way. And then, like I said, Justin just wrote a book um, that discusses all of this. Um, and so I came into contact with them. When I first came into contact with them, I was very skeptical and all that. Um, and then, lo and behold, as if Jesus himself arranged it. <laughs> the Gay Christian Network had their conference in Denver that year, and there was no way I would ever pay a dime to travel to go to some heathenistic gay Christian <laughs> shenanigans. But it was right in my backyard, and I didn't have to pay for nothing. So I decided to go and check it out, and that was in January of 2011, I believe, and that right there is the straw that broke the camel's back and everything changed after that experience. What, what changed for you? Uh, the, the main thing is I spent, you know, the three or four days there, um, hearing story after story after story of people who were just like me, who grew up in church homes and families where, um, you know, they had the struggle that they had. And these people, what really inspired me, and I was a, a mess emotionally the whole time, and I'm actually tearing up a little bit now, but really, what really inspired me is these people still very much had their faith and very much cared about their faith and very much pursued their faith in the face of so much, uh, of, of so much conflict. And I just, it was just one story after the other after the other, and by the time I left there, I was completely broken down. Yeah. Um, and, and I could not, I just knew walking out of there that I could not um, keep the belief system that I had intact the way it was. And, oh, by the way, I had already been married. Um, <laughs> by the I, way, I was just about to ask yeah. you, when, so when, yeah. did, when did that come into play? You know, I got married in 2006. So I was 23, uh, still very much involved in, in the church and in the Exodus ministries, and my wife knew all that about me. Like I said, I was very open about all of that since I was a teenager, and we actually had known each other in youth group when we were in high school. So she knew all about that, and it was just, you know, kind of the gig. It was just, you know, I, I really you know, loved my wife. She's a very incredible person. We enjoyed spending time with each other. We spent a lot of time as we were volunteer youth leaders just hanging out. She knew my story. We really, really thoroughly enjoyed each other. And 
um, as young evangelicals often often find is, you know, they feel like this is the person God is putting in your life, and this is the person that God is calling you to marry, and all that. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so that's what we did. So yeah, fast forward to 2011. I'm leaving this conference going. My entire belief system I know is is in upheaval. Um, how is this going to affect wow. everything else? Um, and we actually had we already had our first child, and I believe my wife was pregnant with our second. Um, when I was at that conference. Wow. And did, I'm assuming she wasn't there with you. She did not go um, to, no, she didn't go to any of the sessions here in Denver. She actually went to um, a conference with me, a a Christian Network conference the following year in Orlando, but she wasn't there that first year. So, I mean, you kind of had this big... Ugh, I hate it. this is such a Christianese word. You had this p- paradigm shift, or you had this this thought, this way of thinking. You had this shift uh, during this conference, and then uh, did you did you have some level of anxiety or fear or concern about talking to your wife about it? You know, I wasn't sure how it was going to go for sure, but um, I, I also didn't feel like our marriage was necessarily threatened. So I didn't leave the conference feeling like, oh my gosh, I was wrong. I have to get a divorce and all that's going to change. I just left with a very clear sense that like what I believed about the issue, um, is not, is not good. And, um, and I wasn't sure what all the ripple effects of that were going to be, but you know, so yeah, I was a little nervous you know, and I mean, my wife was supportive in me going to the conference to begin with, and she knew the the things that I was kind of wrestling with before I went. So um, I just came home one night, I think it was, you know, after the conference was over, and and I just said, you know, this has been a really intense um, experience for me, and I just kind of laid it out there for her, and I said, you know, I just, I feel like um, my beliefs on this are are really changing and are shifting and and not to my surprise, but kind of surprisingly, but not really. She said, "You know what? That makes sense." She goes, "Yeah, you know, you you're someone who has always passionately sought out um, truth and and you've always thought about these issues really deeply and and it's just consistent with who I know you to be." that, you know, you would continue to, to kind of think through this. So it was not something that immediately alarmed her. Um, but things, things did get a little, a little intense after that. I mean, the more and more and more, at first I didn't, at first from the conference, I didn't necessarily think, okay, now I'm a gay Christian or I'm gay. I still was very hesitant to call myself gay because that's one thing in the Exodus world you do not do. Uh, you don't identify as gay. You don't call yourself gay. All that. Oh. And that was, yeah, no, no, no. You you struggle so, with with same sex attraction or yeah, or there, that, but you don't. There is that weirdness where they don't even want to use the word gay, right? They they no. say same sex attraction. Yes. No. You you don't because you don't want to identify with the ways of Satan, so you can't take that on for yourself. Oh. You know and. And it has to be a very black and white world for you because you have to keep that paradigm intact. And, and that's why things like gay Christians um, really mess with people because, you know, that, that's, not, that's not a black and white there. So 
so I had all that, like you said, 31 years of programming. Like I, I didn't walk away from the conference going, okay, I'm gay now. Um, but through that next year, I really started to go, okay, you know, this obviously it's always been a part of me. That's never been the question. Um, it's just, it's, it's true about me. I, I am predominantly attracted to men, always have been, and I, I had already come to peace with I was always going to be attracted to men at some level. My, my thing was, you know, my job as a good Christian is to, is to fight that, but not necessarily that it was going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my wife understood that too. So we were all on the same page with that. Yeah. And what, what was your relationship with attending church through this process? Well, church became immediate after the conference. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that prior to that, were you attending somewhere pretty regularly? Did you guys have, you know, what you would call a, a church home? Yeah. And, and then after oh, the yeah, conference? We, yeah, after the conference, that became difficult right away because I automatically, it was like, it was almost like some kind of blinder had just been taken right off my eyes. And I could see every single, like every single heteronormative, anti-gay, um, hate, hate-based. And you can talk about hate more, too, because Christians really don't like to be accused of hating gay people. And I can understand it, but, but I don't think we, we understand what we're talking about when we say hate sometimes. But it became so obvious, like in every message, and they weren't even talking about gay issues. Like, sometimes they'd just be talking about, you know, marriage and, and preaching about marriage, but it was always so much about husband and wife, and husband and wife, and God blesses this, and the husband and wife, and God does this for this man and woman, and and it just started to stick out like a sore thumb, and it started to become very obvious, like, but you're saying that blessing isn't the same for these um, two other people who um, are happen to be of the same gender, um, and, and I couldn't take it. Like, I literally could not sit through stuff anymore, and it was very shortly thereafter that you know, we knew for sure that if our whole paradigm was going to shift and our beliefs were going to shift, that we were going to have to find a church that didn't believe in the old way, uh, so to speak. So we ended up finding a new church, and Denver has um, a, a really amazing church called Highlands, and they've actually got national attention for being um, a gay-affirming yet evangelical church, because uh, those two things don't usually go together. Yeah. Um, and so we actually started going there, and we found a, a, a wonderful community there. And that community is why we both, my wife and I, survived the transition. Because, of course, we had to start thinking about things like, what is my identity, and what is our marriage, and is this something that we should stay in, and, and all of that. And we really had a great group of people um, around us to kind of walk with us as we started to question those things. And uh, where would you say, where would you say you're at today? So I feel like I feel like this is probably right about the point when I met you, because uh, I mean, at least in my in in the short time that I've known you, as you know, uh, via the internet, I suppose, um, I you've very much gone from what seems like a transition of somebody that I would uh, kind of saw as more like in the more traditional evangelical. Christian church and you've definitely come to a different place now. So where would you say, where would you say that you are now? Uh, right now, if I had to describe my belief system, I would say agnostic would be the closest thing that describes it. Um, 
yeah, it just continued to be a journey from there. I mean, when you start questioning things like, it's just a trickle effect. I mean, first it was, okay, so homosexuality, what I've been taught about that, I don't think is viable and I don't think it's good. And, and I started questioning that. And then on the heels of that, Rob Bell released his book, uh, Love Wins. And so you start reading that and going, okay, now everything I've been taught about hell um, is really up for debate. And then I started reading this other book, Phyllis Tickle wrote, um, oh gosh, Phyllis, if you're listening to this, don't tell me. What is the, I can't remember it. <laughs> don't uh, don't worry, they're, no, they're not listening. <laughs> they, no, you're probably not, because all five of the people that listen to this and take poops and all that, it's not <laughs> Phyllis, I can tell you that. Uh, but anyways, she wrote a book, and, and in that book she started to say, you know, the next step for Christianity is the Bible is not really going to be um, the center of authority, it's going to be more the community of believers, and so that, she pulled a lot of things out of there about the Bible, so anyways, this whole trickle effect has got me to the point now where it's like, you know what, I don't know what I believe, I don't, I don't identify as an atheist, because I've always, always, always had a very strong sense of a divine presence, I've always felt connected, and, and I have to be honest with you, this is uh, probably the least connected I've ever felt in my whole life, um, to, to anything like that, but I just can't say for sure. And, and in the absence of evangelical mumbo-jumbo, um, I started to learn things like, oh, I don't know, science, <laughs> and things that, like, you know, have evidence and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and I find that, I feel like I'm going through school, like, for the first time again. It's like, okay, here's, you know, <laughs> theories on, on a str- and it all makes sense. And it's like, so at this point, I, my beliefs, I would say, are agnostic. I just, I'm also a very uh, emotional, spiritual person, so I think that'll be something that I always search for. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And what about your wife? Where is she? That's a good question, Christy, because this could have been very difficult if we would have started heading in two different directions, but... Um, kind of miraculously, see, I still use a lot of religious loaded terms. Um, Miraculously, she, her beliefs and all that transitioned right along with me. So, I mean, and there were times where she was ahead of me as far as her going, this, we we can't go to this church anymore. They're talking nonsense. Or, um, you know, and then there was one point where I was like, I don't think the Bible is really God's word. And she was like, whoa, I don't know if I can go there. And then the next day, she was like, you know, this whole story about God in general, it's just one person says this and one person. So we kind of just kept leapfrogging together down the same path. And she would tell you she is, she is even less interested in anything spiritual or religious or church-related than I am. I still, every once in a while, I'm like, I think I want to go back to Highlands and just sit there and see if I can connect with it again. And she's like, I have no interest. I don't, I don't, I have no interest in doing that. So belief wise, we have tracked, um, right along with each other. That's great. Wow. So, and that's, that's just such an, an interesting and insane journey to me from, you know, evangelical Christian to <laughs> with, you know, self-identifying as somebody that is, dealing with quote unquote same sex attraction, right. To an openly gay agnostic, uh, person that does drag as a hobby. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And so, and, and how have you, 
How have you kept your sanity through all of that? I mean, there has to be so much. <laughs> now, why do you got to go there with mental health terms to keep it sanity? Because there is nothing, there is nothing normal or sane about none of it. <laughs> you know, um, you know. Actually, it's just it's been a journey, and I've had to, I've had to do a lot of self reflection, and I I had to really come to terms with shame and anxiety. Those were things that I did not realize uh, my evangelical belief system were actually, they were kind of masking it, first of all, so I didn't even know it was there, but um, I also believe that the, the evangelical belief system fed and fueled those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as, as that belief system tapered off, I became more aware of, of anxiety and of shame, and that was also a very rough time. Um, of just processing and my wife having to see me constantly anxious, somewhat depressed. Um, and we have worked through that as well. So there's been a whole lot that's come through this whole thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Jesus. <laughs> so does she ever go to any of your drag shows? She, I've only been in one. Oh, okay. um, well, let's, yeah, let, let's do this. Let's take a little break and kind of reset. And then uh, yes. when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about about your drag and how long you've been doing that and all that kind of stuff because that's I feel like that's kind of a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother thing that Round I would love. Two. That I would love <laughs> yeah, to hear let me about. get another drink. Everyone get drinks. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so we'll be right back. Finishing up a tweet about how we digging in real deep, getting all up into my business. So, whole whole fucking life story sent. Okay. I think I figured out how you guys know each other, or how you met. How? Vivian, did you ever post pictures of yourself with cats or while you were drunk? (laughs) He tends to follow uh, cute drunk girls that have lots of cats. Okay, now, Christy, I don't want to alarm you. However, uh, Jeremy has an uh, has a, a interesting uh, attraction, it seems, for for men who look like the ladies. <laughs> oh, I'm not alarmed. I know. <laughs> he has lots of quirks. We call them. <laughs> yes, let's go with that. Uh, so now that we've uh, now that we've dug deep into your entire personal life, uh, yes, <laughs> let's. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about about your your. This is a somewhat newfound hobby for you, right? Dressing, doing the drag thing. Yeah, yeah. It's been about a year, so um, you know that's not very long in in drag time. <laughs> and I have to say, just I have had the pleasure of. Uh, being you know following along in this transformation that vivian has gone through and you have come uh you've come quite a way i 
it's it's pretty it's pretty goddamn impressive. I have to say, I, I was t- I think we were talking about before we started recording. You're probably one of the hottest guests that we've had on the show. Yeah, yeah, especially compared to that scrawny little firefighter guy you've had on. <laughs> now, usually, I really find those firefighters attractive, but I- I'm like, good lord! I mean, how did he get? Were they scraping the bottom of the barrel with the fire department, or what was going on? Well, he he he's a cancer patient, <laughs> so you know, it's kind of like oh, a make a wish. It's fire department no, make a wish. <laughs> yeah, his, yeah, his make a wish was to be a firefighter. <laughs> they, let him, they let him on. No, but I will say, I will say this, Jason, and this is something that hopefully you'll get to experience someday in person. Jason has a a, a great, he has a great butt. He does. He has like a he has like that baseball player butt. Oh, like and he's got a little booty. When it's he walks nice. into the gay bars with us, they're all over oh. him. Oh, see, maybe I just got to meet him. Maybe he just got to take his shirt off and carry me up a flight of stairs. Maybe. And yes. he, he could definitely do he could that. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if he can do that, then he's still all right by me. So, Jason, don't be all mad at Vivi. I'm just saying. <laughs> He'll be thrilled. He'll be thr- thrilled to hear the shout out on yes. the show, I'm sure. So, uh, so how did you how did you get into drag? Oh, right. So shortly after all that nonsense transition bullcrap we were just talking about, um, I started to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, as you may have heard of. Uh, It's a reality-based competition drag queen show hosted by RuPaul himself. And um, it was that year was season three, the year that I, after I went uh, to the conference. So we just started watching it. And I, I just loved every second, everything I was seeing. The transformations were just amazing. Of course, it's full of cattiness and drama <laughs> and all that as these contestants are duking it out. And it just, it was, it was comic relief in the middle of so much change. And I mean, I just, I really latched onto it. And um, I actually ended up meeting one of the contestants from that season as she was doing a, a live performance and you, you would, it was like my jaw dropped. It was like a kid in the candy store. I just stared at her with my mouth all drooped open. Like I was meeting Jesus herself. <laughs> and from that day on, I mean, I was just inspired. I didn't, I didn't jump right into doing it, but, um, it just, just, you know, I just was enthralled with drag and, and I, and I continued to be, um, and then, you know, eventually I started talking to my wife about drag and I was like, you know, I shouldn't really be thinking about like doing it. Right. And she was like, why? And I'm like, well, one, I'm married and like, I'm old and have kids. Like, it's not really like what old married people with kids just start doing, you know, just don't start doing drag. And she was like, that's stupid you should just do it if you want to do it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could and blah, blah, blah. And that was it. So, um, so then I started fooling around with the makeup and that's one thing it is fair. Like Jeremy, you said, just being able to kind of follow along, please follow me on the Twitter, follow me on the Instagram. You can go back and see where I started (laughs) and it is, it's a hot mess, but I love those hot mess pictures just as much Mm -hmm. as I love the ones that I posted today because it's just that whole process of learning and um, I've had fun learning and to see the, the progression I think is really fun and I just love it. It's just a fun thing that I love to do. 
And where did you learn how to do the techniques that you do? YouTube um, was is my source, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton of tutorials out there for drag and drag makeup. And a lot of it, I mean, I've watched hours and hours and hours and then trial and error, um, spending hours and hours. You know, one of those first looks, if you go to the very bottom of my Instagram where I look like a freaking disaster, that was still three hours of work. And I end up looking like that. So <laughs> it's, it's just take, I mean, it takes a lot of time and energy, um, and, and trial and error. And, uh, how often, how often do you do it now? I think, you know, it's tapered off a bit because, you know, at the beginning I was like trying to practice makeup as much as I possibly could. And, um, I, you know, I'm still definitely growing. I mean, even tonight's look, I, it blows me away. I'm like, wow, I've actually improved a few of the elements and it, it went smoothly and it looks good. So, um, it's not like I've, I've perfected it by any means, but I just, you know, the novelty does wear off a tiny bit. Um, and, and it's still true. Like I really do have a real life where I work and, and have kids and I just, you know, don't always have the time to, to do it. Um, yeah, makeup is fucking expensive. <laughs> oh my God. And that's the other thing. So, so people often ask me, you know, how does your wife feel about you doing drag drag? The act of doing drag is not the issue. The conflict comes in with the time, energy, resources, and money mm-hmm. that it takes to do this. That is where if we're going to have a conflict, we have the conflict. Do you ever do her makeup? No, no, no. She doesn't want me going anywhere near her. (laughs) (laughs) I have tried and she's like, get that off me. You make me look like a, like a Jezebelian whore. (laughs) And, and I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing, you know. And it's so funny, Chrissy. I don't ever want to hear you say you should give me tips. That's bullshit. If you want to look like a drag queen, I can give you tips. <laughs> but all these women, it's very complimentary, and I'm flattered. But what I'm telling these ladies is, you do not want to look like a drag queen. <laughs> you, you really don't. You, you know, right. my mother is like, my mother is like, I could use some tips. No, you don't, ma. You don't want to look like this. <laughs> So, okay. so your parents, you they you do this for them, and they've seen all the pictures and everything. Uh, my mother, your mother, okay. Yeah, my mom and my dad are, are not together. They haven't been forever. Um, I'm in touch with both of them. My mom and I are very open about it. My dad, I, you know, everything is out there on the internet. He's not as tech savvy. I, I don't know if he's come across stuff or not but we don't talk about it and I don't plan on talking about it. I mean, if he brings it up, that's fine. But, uh, no, my mom, I text her all my pictures. She bought this new dress that I'm wearing tonight. So she bought that for my show that's upcoming. Um, so yeah, she's all about it. Um, Uh, and and, I love it. How, uh, how many shows have you done? So I've only done one. Um, in January of this year, I was invited by a friend of mine who also does drag to be in he uh, in one of his shows. He does a show just about every month with a group of, of drag queens. And in January, they opened it up to um, a few amateur acts. So there was like, I think, three or four of us um, amateurs who had never performed before. <laughs> and we each picked a number and we did a show. Uh, we did the, the, the number in the show. So that was my first show. 
Um, and it was awesome. It went really good. I loved it. Loved every second of it. I was really nervous. And then I just had about three or four Jack and Cokes, which is what I'm drinking tonight, mm-hmm. um, before I went up on the stage. And I just let them have it. And it was a blast. Um, I had a ton of friends there from church, from um, even that, even I had these people from that Exodus ministry that I used to go to, a whole group of them showed up at my show and I didn't even know they were coming. And a whole group of them showed up and they were cheering and giving me the tips and all this nonsense. So um, it was, it was a lot of fun. Now I do have a show coming up next week because it is pride month. um, And most places in the country are doing pride celebrations, but Denver is having their pride celebration the 21st and 22nd of June. And on the 21st, um, I am going to be in a show. Um, again, another one of my friends, she's doing, she's producing the show. She's putting it on. She's invited me to be in it. And I have four numbers in this show. Three of them are solos. One of them is a group number. So I've never had to pull off that many looks, that many songs, um, but it's going to be fun. Oh, that's wow. fantastic. And will your wife come to that performance? You know, she's on the fence on this one. She may not. Um, it, it, again, it, seriously, most drag queens really don't have three small children at home. So, right. <laughs> so that, 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 that comes into play. And, um, you know, she's been along for the ride. And, and like I said, a lot of time and resources get tied up in this. And so sometimes she just needs a break. So she may be sitting this one out, um, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be a good time for sure. And I, I feel like I've seen some, I feel like I've seen you talk about this. So forgive me if I'm overstepping my bounds. I, I don't think I am, but uh, are, are your, do your kids have any involvement with, uh, when, when you get all done up? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, nothing is a secret. We're not going to create shameful, ridiculous secrets, especially over something like daddy likes to put on makeup. Uh, first of all, I have two girls. So why would I ever want to communicate to them? in any way that dressing up like a girl is bad. That's uh-huh. not something that, you know, and it's not to say that they need to put on a bunch of makeup either, um, but they just think it's fun. I mean, it, to them, it is innocent fun. They have no other baggage or association with it. They they think it's hilarious when I put on a wig. Um, they tell me they're so cute. They're like, Daddy, your dress is so beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, so... Yeah, they just love it. Um, they would love to see me in a show, but of course, it's late at night and at a bar. gay bar and <laughs> right. yeah, all that. So it's not a kid-friendly environment, but no, it's it's something that is just a natural part of our. And they they know RuPaul and they know all the girls' names on RuPaul's Drag Race. Like it's <laughs> it's a part of our it's a part of our family culture for sure. We just need to find you some RuPaul. I I can guarantee you there's podcasts about RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. And then we could find some podcasts that, that maybe you'd actually listen to. <laughs> well, I'm just hoping that the that generation that your kids are in now, this isn't even something that is, it, it, you know what I mean? That it's just, a, do you know what I mean? That gay isn't even something they think about. Like, oh, that person has two dads. Doesn't matter. Yes. I mean, because there already is yeah. kids that come out at eight, ten years old, and that, and it's just the norm. Right. 
Right. And obviously, I mean, obviously we're heading in the right direction and we're, we're getting that way for sure. So, you know, uh, this is going to be one of those things like racial issues were, um, back in, in previous generations. I mean, obviously there are still racial issues that we deal with, but, uh, by and large, we have come a long way and, and we're well on our way with this issue. So, um, yes, I very much hope. And, you know, of course it affects my parenting. I, I want, uh, my kids to know that, you know, whoever they are, they are perfect the way they are. And, um, you know, so we just, we don't keep, we don't make things secrets or we don't, you know, put a lot of shame around any one thing or the other. So, you know, hopefully it will just feel as normal to them as anything else. And they're probably going to end up just being as heterosexual as, as, you know, anyone else. So who knows? Um, but I think, I think you're right, Christy. I think kids are going to have an easier time, um, you know, as we continue to go down the road of equality. Yeah. I'm just looking for excuses to, I'm looking for excuses to put on dresses with my daughter. Really? I mean, we, <laughs> I, keep on, I saw a picture of some, some, uh, some dad that dressed up. Uh, there was a, his daughter wanted to be the wolf. wolf from little red riding hood or whatever. And so the dad dressed up as little red riding hood and she dressed up as the wolf. So we'll see. I already got, I already got away with, um, with some nice gold, uh, f- like gold tights that I got to wear last Halloween. So. You are never allowed to wear those again. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen the pictures. It's not cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can make them pretty if you lived close. <laughs> I just any any excuse to wear tights. I love tights. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey. Hey, no one's judge. I can't, you know, what do I got to judge? I'm gay and uh, married and all that. So whatever. (laughs) I love it. I love, I love telling, I love telling people when I've talked, been talking to some friends about recording this podcast with you. I just love being able to say that I, I have a friend that is a gay married man that's married to a woman and has three kids. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So isn't it just, yeah, go ahead. This consider this your formal invitation, Vivian. I want you to be our resident, um, our, our resident uh, drag. Uh, what's the word? Correspondent. Correspondent. Czar. Correspondent works. I was gonna say, um, well, a heckler. Heckler. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Since you hate us. If I can actually ever convince you to listen to an episode, you have to at least listen to parts of this one so you can hear your voice. But. <laughs> I will listen to every word because if there's one thing that it, there's nothing that interests me more than myself. <laughs> hey, so, that's how you and Jeremy have in, what are you and Jeremy have in common. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this one's in the bag. I'm going to listen to the whole damn thing probably more than once. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, Vivian, um, since you haven't listened to a podcast ever, do you, did you know that my dad's gay? No, I didn't because I haven't listened. So I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he came out when he was 50? 50. Okay. Yeah, so a long time. Luckily, but I mean, you got over the shame before then. Because <laughs> yeah. when you're, when you're uh, 50 in the gay community, you're, you're dead. I mean, like a dinosaur. <laughs> right. Yeah. He well, seems- that's, that's what you die at 30 right. <laughs> for the most part. Right. And then he said he always got upset because he's. Um, not skinny enough to be a twink or young enough and not fat enough to be a bear. And so he's like, no one ever wants me. 
but now he's married. Oh my! Yeah, now he's married and has a cute husband. He's married to a woman and has how many no. kids? No, no. he was <laughs> married to my mom um, and oh. with two kids, and then they got divorced, and now he's married yeah. to a man. I see. Yeah. My daughter was my daughter was at their wedding. Yes. It was pretty kind of the flower good. girl. And my mother, my my poor, uh, <laughs> deeply in, e, traditional evangelical Christian mother refused to even refer to it as a wedding. She oh, only would refer to it as a party. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that party. Because <laughs> okay. the little one might catch the gay, I guess. Is <laughs> yes, exactly. So Vivian, if people want to find you online, I'm assuming that you are welcome any and all followers, friends. No, I don't welcome and and no, I block your ass um, if I don't like you. Okay, but yeah, go ahead and try to follow, and and I may ask you because like these Christian people come out of the damn woodwork, and it's like I read your profile when it when it says. Uh, husband, pastor, <laughs> worship leader, blah blah blah. I'm gonna know why you're following me, and and you're gonna play. What? It, it's weird. How are they even finding you? Well, because I hashtag everything, and I'm constantly dissing the Bible and evangelicals, okay. and and they, I think they take that as some kind of challenge, you know. And I've been there, done that, so I already know what they got to offer, and I ain't going back. So there's no need, unless mm-hmm. you want to learn something, or you yourself, and sometimes I have to do, I have to check myself, because it's possible that these people are closeted gay people themselves, and are looking for, right. maybe, they're dr- they're, maybe they're drawn to that themselves, because they're seeking out stuff. So I do try to keep an open mind, but um, I will ask. Hi, why are you following me? And that's what started all these problems with that bad Christian podcast because they wouldn't answer my goddamn question. <laughs> they won't. I think they figured out that I'm in with you because they won't follow me back. <laughs> no. No, you said no. that they talked about Vivian on their podcast. What did, what did they say? Uh, well, yeah, what did they say? They referred to you as them. Uh, yeah of course Uh, Uh because you are representing all gay people all of them right oh Oh, Uh, yeah and you're not people you're a them (laughs) but they just they said that you were trying to back them into a corner as to whether they were gay affirming or not it's just a simple question and i don't understand this about christians who don't affirm gay people why don't? Why is that a big deal? If you don't, it, just say you don't. Um, you no, know, you don't like that. Then someone's going to think of you as hate, hateful or bigoted. But you are. Right. So why is that a problem? If that's what you are, you are what you are. So I don't understand why that's such a big deal. And they always want to trick you. They want to do this nuance. Like I don't want to say yes or no because they're trying to sugarcoat and lure you in. And, and like I said, I've been there, done that, so I don't got time for that. I know your game. I know your gig. I know you're trying to say, we just love people, and we just we affirm all human beings, and God loves you because you think you're going to suck me in, and I ain't getting anywhere near that. Yeah, because, that, I mean, the, the underlying foundation of that is a, is a hatred for your sexual identity. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. – and what's that gross thing? hate the sin but not the sinner or love the sinner or whatever uh, it's so gross yes. christy it's so slimy. christy grew up uh not 
religious really and so her exposure her her biggest exposure to evangelical christianity has been through me and interactions with my family and stuff like that and so i don't understand half uh, the words they're saying a lot of the time after (laughs) after family get-togethers or uh, my mom will send his sister and say what does this mean (laughs) and she'll she'll write me back or or whatever oh yes yeah, and so if I can just take, so earlier I said, you know, they don't really like being called uh, hateful or anything like that, and, you know, and I get it. I had one guy tell me, he said, he said, I'm not even like Mark Driscoll, I'm not even like, you know, Fred Phelps, I'm not about, you know, God hating gay people or anything like that. I just, I don't believe that, you know, I believe the Bible says it's sinful, and therefore I believe it's sinful, and so they, 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 them, all of them, all the, all those, uh, you know, they try to back me in the corner. Um, but I, I understand what they're getting at as far as they feel like that they have non-hateful feelings towards gay people. But when you are a gay person who understands what a belief like homosexuality is sin has done, um, I've already shared with you my own shame and anxiety, and I told you about the the stories upon stories upon stories that I heard at the, at the gay Christian conference, what they don't understand is that belief really has harmful negative effects. And, and really, I mean, it it truly affects who we are as people. Um, And so I understand you, you would hug us and you would welcome us in your home and, and all that, but the belief that you perpetuate actually causes great harm. And, and, and in my opinion, you don't have to believe that you choose to believe that. And also in my opinion, I think the Bible and how it gets interpreted is often just a very convenient cover for someone's own uncomfortableness with homosexuality. So it's easy for them to say, well, you know, of course I don't affirm homosexuality because the Bible says it's wrong when really you just don't know much about it. It makes you kind of uncomfortable. And so you don't have to deal with it as long as you can just write it off as sinful. And, and I see through that. And so many of us see through that, that that's why we say, no, it's a hateful belief. It is a, it is keeping us. And plus there's civil rights ramifications. I mean, people in churches want to stir up voting blocks to keep um, families of gay people from being allowed the same civil privileges that heterosexuals have. So your beliefs cause your actions. And, and that is where, what we mean when we get to that hateful piece is you, your beliefs are causing you to, to work against me. And, and that seems to be motivated by a hate, even if it's an underlying, even unconscious, unintentional hate. It's still hate. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that people realize how destructive and damaging the things that they do or say, or or even the language that they choose is. I mean, even those guys, those bad Christian guys that you were talking to on the podcast. You know, I think I think I saw you even call them out on it. They the this whole issue of homosexuality and what God says about it and whatever has been kind of a big thing is on Twitter for them and they posted a blog about it and they put a podcast out about it and then they tweeted something in the other day like, okay, we're almost ready to move on from this issue and just, you yeah. know, posted the flag or whatever and it's like well that's that's the 
that's that's the privilege that they have is that they can yeah. decide to, to be on. done with the conversation whereas that's something that you have to experience and deal with every single day <laughs> every day every day and that's the thing too is exactly they can move on they don't have to think about it and then they like to go back and forth and debate theological things about it and and I sit back and watch it and it feels like if I allow myself to get triggered, it feels like my very existence is in the throes of these two mindless people who are debating it. You know, it's like I'm watching two people determine whether or not God actually loves me and whether or not I may or may not be going to hell. And they just think they're talking about some issue back and forth. And then when they're bored with it, they're going to move on. And they have no clue that it's left me or someone else who's watching or hearing it in shambles and they don't they don't particularly care either yeah wow wow <laughs> that's um well and think about all the the things the bible's the bible used uh was used to justify slavery i mean like lots of things lots of hateful oh, things yeah. but I, people choose not to see that i mean Christy, we wouldn't we would need a whole other podcast for me to go on about my biblical views and opinions because yeah. I have many. Honestly, you people need to follow people need to follow you on Twitter because you are you are hilarious on there. First of all, you and you, just the way that you dig into Christians and just really challenge them on these deeply ingrained beliefs. And you are you grew up in the culture enough that you know their language, you know the arguments that are coming, you know the things that they use the things that they say and you can just cut right to the core and knowing it is, the language is very important it's highly it's highly entertaining <laughs> as i know it's very important Christy to know be, the language Christy be texting jeremy's sister okay vivian just tweeted this what does this mean <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah so we'll post we'll post um links to we put little notes in the show or whatever and i'll post link to your twitter do you want people to do you have like Instagram, Facebook, anything like that that you want people to find out about? Yeah, all that. If you just if you just look for Vivian Sapphire, it's all under Vivian Sapphire. So Instagram Perfect. is at Vivian Sapphire, Twitter's at Vivian Sapphire, Facebook. I'm a little more selective just because it it seems a little more exposing to me. But I mean, go ahead, put in requests for whatever you want, and if I don't like you, I'll kick you out. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Awesome. Well. Vivian, thank you so much for uh, coming on. I guess, is there is there anything... So I, I fully plan to post this quite a bit on my personal Facebook account because I still have tons of... I have the, I have tons of friends and family that are still very steeped in um, evangelical culture. And um, so I guess, is there anything that you would share or anything that you kind of want to put out to them? My only thing is... I understand beliefs. I understand that people's faith is very important to them, and that I'm not against that. Um, when it comes to to LGBT people, the only thing I can I can beg passionately is please, please, please try to hear me when I say that these are people, and these are people with lives, with with loves, with hopes, with dreams, with hurts, everything that you have as a heterosexual person, these people have as well. And their life experience has been probably a lot more difficult than yours. So, um, you know, no one's belief about this stuff actually changes until it hits too close to home. When it's their kid who's gay, if it's their um, parent who comes out, then people often start thinking about it differently. 
um, which makes sense. But, you know, so many people ha- have had to rethink this issue. It can be done. It should be done. And, and again, if your faith leads you to truly love and serve people, then more power to you. Just be aware of, of other consequences that, that you may not really, you know, understand what your belief is, is leading to. Um, are they going to listen to all that non- nonsense that I just blabbed? <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. But, um, but yeah, they'll that's, still that's love you, hope. Vivian. <laughs> oh, they'll love me with the love of Jesus. No homo, bro. <laughs> just the love of Jesus. Well, how many times did we have we heard recently? Just because we do, we hate gay marriage doesn't mean we hate gay people. Yeah. Just because yeah. we don't agree with gay marriage doesn't mean we hate gay people. We we yeah. just don't actually affirm that Think part that of your humanity <laughs> or that we part of your We just don't human like rights. anything that they say, do, want to be involved in, right. nothing of the sort. Yeah. Exactly. Well, all right, guys. Well, that um, that's going to leave it at that. And Vivian, we definitely want you to come back and consider this an open invitation. We have a voicemail line that I tweet out the number quite a bit. And I, you have an open invitation to, you know, next time you uh, get a few drinks in you and you feel like you want to um, rip on our show or whatever <laughs> else, <laughs> some shitty thing somebody said to you or something happened on TV or something you're super into or whatever, you have open open invitation to, to give us a call and uh, come back on the show anytime you want. Oh, sounds perfect. Thank you very much. <laughs> and everybody else, you can find us online at uh, on our website www.nerdoutloudpod.com phone numbers on there the little link to ask us anything we're going to do a ask us anything show so you can ask us your ask us anything or your you know anything that you've ever wanted to know about, about us uh, or we're if legally you allowed to say need any advice <laughs> as i've said before i'm here to be your life coach i'm, oh, I'm full <laughs> i'm full, Jesus, I'm full of us. wisdom <laughs> and i am ready to um Share my wisdom with you. So <laughs> find us online. Spread your seed of wisdom Nerd all over your face. <laughs> Nerdoutloudpod.com Nerd or Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff. And we'll talk to you later. <laughs> I'm scared to do our normal sign off because I don't want Vivian to hate me. Well, you should do it. Why? She can okay. bash you. What is it? Uh, let your nerd flag fly. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that is the perfect answer to that. Honey, hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, girl. I'm all ready. I'm all lubed up, and that means alcohol. So don't get crazy. <laughs> and I am ready to go. <laughs> <laughs>